Now, broadcasting on Star Worldwide Networks, it's time for the Fashion Rewired Broadcast with Brian Hill. During the Fashion Rewired Podcast, we chat with successful fashion designers and business entrepreneurs who share their powerful stories of success while providing real-time industry tips, tools, and actionable strategies to execute today with the goal of designing our listeners' brands for success. Now, here's your host, Brian Hill. Welcome to Fashion Rewired. I'm your host, Brian Hill, self-taught designer and executive director of Phoenix Fashion Week. So why is it important to rewire? Well, I believe that every successful fashion designer and entrepreneur at one time or another made the smart and necessary decision to rewire their brain, their attitude, and most importantly, their actions to get them to their current level of success. Each week, I get to share my stories and their stories of self-transformation with listeners around the world while giving you the blueprint to rewire. I love to open each episode by thanking the sponsors that believe in Fashion Rewired. Digital Emerging Designer Bootcamp. Fact, each season, Phoenix Fashion Week turns away hundreds of emerging designers that apply for the Live Designer Bootcamp. This year, we created the six-week-long Designer Digital Bootcamp, where emerging fashion talent from around the world and from the comfort of their own home via mobile, laptop, or desktop will follow a structured curriculum online focused on the very important business side of their fashion brand. In a short six weeks, the fashion experts will teach, transform, and lay out the blueprint to build and run a successful fashion brand for 2019 and beyond. To apply, email digital at phoenixfashionweek.com. Today, I'm super excited to welcome our next guest, Ravi Pun. Hails from Vancouver, Canada, but also operates from Toronto and New York City. He's a graduate of the British Columbia Institute of Technology. Ravi is also the founder of men's custom suit brand Baines & Baker, where he works directly with professional sports leagues, the NHL, MLB, NBA, and the NFL. This all after rewiring as the head of successful real estate development company, Bosworth Ventures, obviously with a natural love for ice hockey. Ravi, what's up, man? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> That's a long list. <laughs> no, it isn't. I mean, as you're saying it, I'm just, uh, it's, it's been a fun little ride we've been on. And sometimes I think you, you forget, but uh, no, it's definitely been fun. Yeah, we want people to remember uh, how much you've already done, you know? So how about you give us one fashion fact about you and what drives you today? A fashion fact about me? Um, the word I would like to use is always aggressive. Uh, <laughs> I do like to push the edge. I like to... I like to wear things that um, normally, you know, other people would kind of feel uncomfortable wearing. Okay. I like that. And uh, tell me what drives you today in 2020. In 2020, what drives me today, I would say probably, I mean, there's so many things that drive me, but right now what drives me is essentially a rewire that I'm going through, uh, just shifting from trying to shift from real estate to actually focusing on fashion full time. So um, it's been an interesting year to say the least, but right now that's what's driving me is to prove myself in an industry that, um, I didn't think I would be in. I didn't expect to be in, um, and one that we've had a little bit of success in. Oh man, that's great. I love that. Um, whenever we talk to people that are going through a rewire during the podcast, it's amazing for the listeners because they get to follow your trajectory, right? Tomorrow, next month, next year. And we always like to keep everybody up to date. And then we're going to build a blueprint of your podcast today that people can actually have like a, like a cliff notes version of Ravi Pun. So man, you know, it's fashion rewired. 
I always like to go back to when uh, people rewired, right? There's different rewires happening throughout your life, uh, young, old, medium, whatever. But right now you're kind of going through one. So I'd love to go back a few years when you made the decision to rewire um, and step into fashion. Tell us about that that moment. Yeah, like I, I mean, essentially what happened, just to take it back. So it was um, 2015. And at the time, I was actually raising money um, internationally for one of the real estate projects I was building here in Vancouver. So I had an opportunity to go with a partner of mine. We uh, we were flying overseas to to meet some investors, purely real estate related. I had no other kind of no other business out there. And so what happened was, just in a nutshell, when you're doing business in Asia, particularly China, most of your meetings happen over dinner and um, at post dinner. So during the day, I had all sorts of free time. And this is totally foreign to me because, you know, you come from where we're from, Vancouver, or even New York, anywhere in North America, you know, you're kind of used to that 10am, 12pm meeting, you're nine to five. So being out in Asia, we had a lot of free time. I was there for a week. Most of our actual work stuff wasn't happening until sort of late evening. Mm -hmm. And I ended up, so I always had a passion for fashion, but I also never wanted expensive fashion. So I was always the kind of guy that was, hey, look, my outfit cost me 250 It looks better than yours. You spent $2,000. <laughs> um, and, and that was always something that I had in me because it was I took pride in putting an outfit together as opposed to where people walk in and think that the price tag kind of buys you style. Mm -hmm. So the partner that I was with, actually, coincidentally enough, was into custom suits. And the main thing was he, was, he had a bigger build, so he, he definitely wouldn't fit into your off the rack um, stuff that I was buying at the time. I mean, I was wearing Zara suits. So for me, we ended up actually spending a lot of time and there's a, there's a place that one of the, um, one of the hotel staff guided me to, and they're like, you know what, this is where the tourists go. There's a bunch of, you know, tailors and factories. If you want to get a suit made, they'll, they'll make it for you by the time you head home. And I was like, what? you gotta be kidding me within three or four days, I'm going to get a custom suit. So I'm there. And I went one day, and I ended up going there every day for nine days. And I came back with 50, 50 suits. I'm like, look, I have free reign on what fabric I want, what lining I want. The body is based on my body. It's completely custom. And I was like, I don't know when I'm coming back here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nine days, and, and 50 so suits. Probably more. And I, I remember at the airport, we're packing boxes and boxes on top of the luggage we came with. Because I was like, look, I'm taking this all back. I'm not shopping at Zara anymore. I've got my own custom suits with my name on the inside. Just small features that they empower you so much in your wardrobe because you get that little hop in your step when you're you kind of know that you're, you know, you're wearing something that you designed from scratch as opposed to you know fifty of them sitting on a rag when you go into a store. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. So in your mind, you're just simply saying I've got a new alternative to shopping at Zara. My name's inside every suit. It's my own custom idea, fabrics, collaborations, combination of knits and everything, right? You go back to America. Are you flying back and you go, wait, this could be a business or has it not hit you yet? No, absolutely not. I mean, I'm excited to go to parties with my suit and kind of talk about my suit. I had no desire. I had no, no desire whatsoever to ever get into retail, anything to do with fashion uh, besides wearing things that I wanted to put together. Sure, sure. So, so yeah. that's amazing. So uh, you land, uh, I, I want to go to the rewire, but I first want to find out when you put on the first suit and you went around your friends, family or an event, just tell me that little feeling right there. It's exactly what you always want, especially somebody like myself, who's always, you know, trying to get compliments on your fashion and let people know that you kind of put time into putting your look and your outfit and your kind of 
defines your character, I think, the way you dress and the way you handle yourself. Um, so I come back and I'm wearing my suits to work. I'm going to my real estate meetings. I'm going to the site and people are just like, hey, where'd you get that? I haven't seen a suit like that. And I mean, these aren't aggressive suits. These were just small designs where, you know, the, the lapel stitching was cut. Sure. And and then, of course, I'm opening up my jacket. I'm showing sort of the, the flashy lining, um, <laughs> just all sorts of things that I was doing. But I didn't know that I was kind of building sort of something within doing that. So, and a super friend of mine, organic. Super organic. Yeah, yeah, completely. And so a friend of mine, actually, one of my best friends from childhood was kind of like, hey, look, man, this is six or seven months later of me kind of going through my 50 suits and making sure, you know, my social media has them. Everybody knows that, you know, I'm wearing a nice suit. And he's like, look, like everybody obviously says your suits are nice. How do we turn this into a business? And I literally at that meeting, I'll, I'll never forget where we were at. There's no way I'm not doing it. I'm not selling suits. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is actually, I'm going to put down no way, not selling suits. <laughs> That's a quote. So, so what was it? Was it over a few drinks? Uh, did he, did he feed you your favorite food? What, what turned you? So I think what it was, was actually, um, another friend of mine ended up, getting married and he was kind of like hey can you know can you help me put get a suit together and i was like yeah I, like you know i still have my contacts overseas um let's figure out how to get your measurements to them and see what we can do and then from there um everything kind of i would say clicked where everything went well along the way you know the measurements came back the suit fit um and it was all kind of organic and completely organic where you kind of have that aha moment and it's like okay there might actually be something here Excellent. 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 So that, that's good. That's where we want to pick up the story now. So you're in real estate, uh, you're six, seven months in, uh, you're looking fresh to death. Everyone loves it. And then you take care of um, one of your friends that gets married, right? And then that goes smooth. I'm sure there's some hiccups, but it went smooth enough for you to go, there's something here. So when you and your friend from childhood um, decided to make this business, I want to talk about, you know, step one. Take, take me to step one when you made the decision. Step one was basically, okay, um, how do we get sort of the fabric here? How do we show people what we have outside of the suit? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's analyzing what you have, right? And, and analyzing, I guess, um, the, cr the crux of the business and what the steps would be to get this going. That's probably step one. That was step one. And I had a lot of experience, you know, opening businesses and doing all that sort of stuff. Before I was in real estate, I kind of started uh, – a, a gluten-free pizza franchise before I went to college. Mm -hmm. um, this was years ago, kind of before the trend. So I always, I've always been kind of, I've always had that sort of about me, that tenacity to kind of, you know, put something together and get really excited to start something new. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So all that energy, we, we kind of, we put it towards this and yeah, it was just kind of piecing it together. Okay. Like what's our price point? I mean, the fundamental thing with Baines and Baker when we started was you walk into, you know, a, a, an expensive retail store you're as a regular person you're not even getting that attention for a custom suit which they take care of you kind of in the back you get that vip experience but you're also paying you know fifteen hundred two thousand dollars for a suit mm -hmm. so my whole thing was like body types everybody has a different body type mm -hmm. so the suits off the rack really they always look better after they're altered mm -hmm. so my whole thing was okay how do we get that custom experience mesh it with a custom look and also give somebody the ability to put all three of those things together as far as their, their complete fashion sense or whatever they're comfortable wearing. Mm -hmm. But doing it at a price that, you know, a 25-year-old like me 
who's, you know, trying to do certain things in real estate, you're, you're, you're meeting, you know, heavy hitters that are wearing four or $5,000 suits. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do I make a product that that person can wear and look just as good as the person who thinks they look good because they spent X amount of money on it? Right, right, right. So you guys framed up a unique custom experience for these people and an affordable price. So you positioned Baines and Baker at that point, right? Love that. Yeah. You're not to market yet. So what was step three? So step three was just kind of testing it within our friend circle. Um, and we probably did 100, 150 suits. And I mean, we learned too. So there's measurements that we never took at the beginning that we started taking on the fly. And we just kind of put it all together to kind of figure out where we were and what we needed to do to actually put this together. There's a lot of mistakes as far as you're taking measurements, you know, on different body types. So when we learned all of that, we, we kind of kept it, it. I mean, that didn't happen overnight. That was the, probably the hardest thing is because you're taking, you know, measurements here. You're trying to get everybody to understand that body type, you know, across the world and everybody's body is completely different. So to figure that out, we added more measurements. We, you know, we increased sort of our process with the customer to, to kind of really hone in on the fit because that's the main thing. If the suit looks good, um, you know, people are going to kind of compliment you just primarily based on the fit. Right, right, right. So proof of concept within a, you know, friends and family kind of aesthetic. But obviously those things weren't free, but but the learning curve that you gained in that time was really what set you guys off. Th those are amazing steps because, uh, like I said, when you and I were talking, I want young designers to know what those critical steps are to launch any kind of clothing line, T-shirts, um, vegan pizzas, an energy drink. It's, it's all is the same, right? You got to analyze the opportunity, Yeah. You got to frame up what the experience is going to be for your um, end user. And then you should definitely start testing somewhere in the marketplace, whether it be friends and family, um, a gathered group, you know, whatever. But you've got to figure those things out because that proof of concept, which is your, your step three, helped you to kind of propel. It sounds like to me. Absolutely. And you, you, the, the main thing I would say is you got to be completely unafraid to mess up. You're going to several times. And we still make mistakes. You're going to do that. But the, the, the realization in your mistake how you handle that, if you can, you know, take the feedback and, you know, regroup and build on that. That's, that's the turning point. A lot of, um, I, I think a lot of young entrepreneurs, the, the thing that it's not about the drive, it's not about the ambition, it's the fear of failing. Mm -hmm. And it, there's nothing wrong with failing as long as you handle it correctly. Right, right. So it sounds like you're a bit of a serial entrepreneur in the beginning, you know, with your prior businesses. But on top of that, you, you might have developed an innate ability to move on after analyzing mistakes, but not being afraid. Because we know that after people take uh, one, two, three different action steps to do whatever the new idea is, they also get like these natural kind of habits that start to form that they continue to go back to all the time, right? Their day-to-day -day habits. Can you talk about some habits? I think one of them you said is, is being able to take feedback well and move on. But any other habits that you can identify, Ravi, that you, you know, exercise daily now? because of your initial action steps? So I think it actually, it probably stems from my, uh, you know, my, my experience in real estate because, and, and I would say it's looking for opportunity. So what happens in your, your kind of your day-to-day -day real estate development life is you've got all sorts of people daily sending you potential opportunities. So it's always, you know, a, a property here, a property there. So when you have that, you're, 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 you're always kind of on the look for an opportunity as is very specific just to real estate. So for me, I think just being open to opportunities that present themselves is exactly how 
our company grew. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. If you if you told me in 2015, hey, look, you came back with 50 suits and a suitcase. Fast forward five years, you're gonna your logo is gonna be on CVS during halftime. <laughs> I would I, I I would say okay, like you know, absolutely a pipe dream. Right, right. Well, we, <laughs> but but it's taking that opportunity, yes. Right, right. When you talk about always looking or being open to opportunities, as I heard the story about you and Nate Burleson, that's another one, right? You had your eyes open at night on the town. He's out. You guys cross paths. You look a certain way. You guys talk about some things and you follow up. But most people that are out having a good time don't have their radar on for for opportunities. Explain that. So that's that's also like I mean you put me you put me in a room and I've learned that you have to be able to go up to somebody and handle rejection. So one of the things that actually trained me for that when I was 17 out of high school before college I used to do door-to-door sales. So I'm knocking on houses selling coupons. So <laughs> you could imagine how many doors were shut on me. Um, how many people said, get out of here. I'd walk into businesses and, you know, they'd say, Hey, we're calling security. You can't be selling coupons in here. And I, I mean, it's a very non-threatening thing that I was doing. I was essentially Groupon before Groupon kind of, but just to have that many no's in a short period of time, you're, you're essentially fearless of, you know, going up to somebody in an environment and they say, Hey, look, I don't want to talk to you. Right. I mean, that to me, I got no problem with it. No, like I know that I would have more of a problem if I went home and said, shoot, man, he was there. And I didn't go up to him and I didn't ask him. And I, and I, I don't know when I'm going to see him again. That sort of, that would kill me more than a rejection at face, face value for sure. Right, right. If you don't swing the bat for the home run, you're never going to hit a home run, right? Uh, you're going to strike out. You're going to hit some singles, some doubles, et cetera. But if you never swing for the fence, you're never going to go to the fence. That was a guy's pants I shouldn't have been swinging at that night. So I, I'll never forget it. So we actually went out to the Drake concert, which is in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, so four or five of my friends, we go out and we go to the concert. And then um, we're at a bar after. And I, and I literally, I'm like, I'm telling my friends, I'm like, hey, look, that's, you know, that's Nate Burleson. And I'm like, okay, like, what do you want us to do about it? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I mean, it's Nate. Like, I got to talk to Nate. And I'm, I'm telling you, I was definitely not sober. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, and so I remember going up to Nate and I was just like, Hey Nate, like, I don't even know what I said, but I'm like, Hey Nate, you know, I, you know, I watch your football career. I watch you on TV. I've got this suit company that's starting out. I think we can do something together. And he's kind of like, Oh, well, you know, I'm moving to New York. And you know what? I was like, uh, I'm coming to New York. I, I already kind of had the, we were already in New York at that time. So mm-hmm. It was kind of two worlds coming together in mm-hmm. Vancouver that I had no idea would. So my wife now, who's also a partner in the business, is born and raised in New York. So we had been going back and forth um, with the suit company there, kind of testing it out, um, all at the same time of doing this in Vancouver. So he's like, hey, I'm going to New York. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to find you when you're in New York, and we're going to link, and I'm going to make a suit for you. I love it. And the rest is history. And yeah, <laughs> and the rest is history. I literally, I call him, and I'm like, hey, Nate, I'm in New York. I'm the guy that met you after the Drake concert. Let's make a suit. Next thing you know, he's at our office in, on Wall Street. Um and we just like with Nate, I mean, we're we're really, really, I think, good friends now. And we have so much fun with it that it doesn't feel like work. And I think that's the goal for anybody is you've got to get to a point where you could be putting in 17, 18 hour days, but it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't have that kind of draining element to it. Right, right. I love that. I'm writing that down. I want to add that to my uh, repertoire. Make work not feel like work. Yeah, it's good stuff right there. So, man, um, I'm sure you've got tons and tons of uh, good stories like this, but I want to talk about the transformation from real estate into fashion, right, over these last five years. 
And then these new habits that you form that you exercise all the time, you know, no fear of rejection, always be open for opportunities and be fearless. Uh, can you name one big accomplishment from this transformation into fashion? Would it be that CBS deal or a Super Bowl? What, what was one thing, Baines and Baker, you can attribute? For Baines and Baker, I think one of the things that for me, I always will look back on was we did a pop-up shop in Tribeca, uh, probably about three years ago now. With um, We launched Nate Burleson's line. Mm-hmm. So you got to imagine we're, we're a fashion company. I mean, most of our presence is online. If you don't have us on Instagram, you, I mean, essentially, maybe you don't know us unless you, know, you, you follow Nate mm-hmm. or some of the other athletes. So we put this pop-up shop together completely out on a limb through an opportunity that actually came to me from somebody that I had connected with in real estate in New York. Mm-hmm. So we put this three-day pop-up shop together. The first night, we kind of, you, you throw the party, you get all the press there. So, I mean, that for me was kind of the moment that I'll be most proud of because I'll remember being in that room and just kind of being like, okay, wow, we've got media here. We've got Nate here. We've got press here. We've got all these fashion bloggers here. Um, that was kind of like, okay, that, even more so that, okay, there's another level to this. Right. And that's kind of when I think that set in for me. There's a, it wasn't just selling suits out of the trunk anymore. Right. It was, okay, there's something greater that we have here. Right, right. So look at that for a sec. You, you did the exact same three action steps for that Tribeca pop-up, right? Analyze the opportunity in New York and this pop-up opportunity. Um, framed up a unique experience to bloggers, to Nate, the press, et cetera. Because those people don't get out of bed to do anything they don't want to do, right? So you frame that up nicely. Oh, especially in New York. Yeah, yeah. In New York, like, yeah. Yeah, and then you tested the room um, in a comfortable kind of test market, which was your pop-up event. They came for you guys, and that showed you by measurement that you really had something at the next level. That's, that had to feel good. Oh, that was, I mean, like, just to have a business like this that I will say that we, 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 we had no idea what we were getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, the three, like, my, my wife, my, my partner here in Vancouver, myself, we had... You almost, you say you want all these things and, and you always dream of kind of getting to a place with a successful business. And I mean, that's always, that always has to be present because I believe everything that happens is manifested at some level. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. And yeah, so as long as you kind of, you're always, I mean, I, I, I can't tell you enough how I had no idea this, any of this would have happened. And I, and like I said, we're still not anywhere close to, I think where we are going to be. Um, we're probably kind of on chapter two or three, um, in a long book. So we'll see where we get. I love it. I know you and I are talking about, um, making sure that Baines and Baker becomes a part of Phoenix fashion. We can have you guys on the runway. So that's in our near future once we get out of uh, the pandemic, but obviously we're aligning today and, uh, our cross, our past cross, man, almost a year ago, believe it or not in January, and you and I have been at it to, to make this happen. Um, it, it's commendable that it's, it's here now. So this is the first half of Fashion Rewired, the podcast, Ravi. We're going to go into what we like to call the Garment District for some rapid-fire questions right after talking to our sponsors. Hang on. The Phoenix Fashion Week Freelance Program. While building Phoenix Fashion Week into an effective fashion industry resource, we have been asked time and time again to recommend the services of our teammates and associates. So the natural next step has been to organize a system and network of fashion professionals that we could vouch for in the marketplace. The Phoenix Fashion Week Freelance Program is open to anyone needing fashion design, hairstyling, sales representation, photography, graphic design, web design, marketing, social media, styling, makeup artists, accessory design, videography, modeling, PR, event planning, and consulting. For more information, please email freelance at phoenixfashionweek.com. And we're back 
Fashion Rewired, the podcast with Brian Hill. I've got Ravi Pun on from Baines and Baker. Um, self-taught fashion designer himself, now doing big things coast to coast in Canada and also America, working with top professional athletes across the United States and Canada. Uh, what, what great information we've already gotten. Ravi, how's it going so far, man? It's going well. I'm having a blast. <laughs> Excellent. So in the uh, garment district, I like to um, throw out a bunch of rapid-fire questions to you. I want to first find out, based on what you do with Baines & Baker, the custom suit company, do you feel that you are a wholesale play, which means you sell to stores, distributors, et cetera, or you a direct-to-consumer, which we call a retail play? Retail, definitely direct-to-consumer. Right, right. Um, when you're talking retail, direct-to-consumer, you're talking you know, one suit at a time, or in your case, 50 suits at a time to an individual. You know? <laughs> but uh, talk about the, the number one sales platform that makes the most revenue for Baines & Baker. Tell us about that. Um, for us, honestly, just being a fashion brand, um, Instagram is probably our most powerful just because there's a look and feel to it. You, you kind of see other people wearing a specific item that we've created, and that, we, that, that funnel goes directly to our website. So I don't think there's anything as powerful as Instagram um, just from a, a social media standpoint. Right on, right on. Uh, tell us one good story about social media, Instagram, where you found a customer, uh, they fell in love with Baines and & Baker, and then it converted to something pretty big. That surprised you from an Instagram lead or post. So actually, so we, so, I mean, we had been working with Nate for some time, and what had happened was, I guess, a lot of the agents that have actually become friends now um, had kind of seen the traction we had online, and um, uh, we did an event. We actually ended up renting a house in Beverly Hills last uh, two years ago, and so we had all this agents, particular athletes, come out, and that was purely based on sort of Instagram and the, and the, and the following that we had created. Wow! Wow! So, were you already planning on doing that event in Beverly Hills, or was it because of a player that said, "I love the suits. Can you come to Beverly Hills?" Or was it just an idea from inception? It was a little. Bit- it was a little bit of both. It was kind of like, hey, it's off-season. Um, all the other athletes are kind of in L.A. Uh, training. And so for me, I kind of put two and two together. It's like, look, if I'm going to go down there, we might as well have everybody in the same room at the same time. But give them a private experience where, you know, we had we had a mansion in Beverly Hills. So it was very private, very intimate, but also very open. Sure. Where, you know, they can go and hang around. Uh, Nate actually flew out for that from New York. So that was, it, it, it kind of morphed. It, it, it turned into an event just because we knew we had so many people in one area, um, especially a lot of the NFL guys, they train in California during the off season. Right, right, right. So when you call that one of your um, you know, most memorable things happening from a social media post or event, without having live events, and obviously you can have control, smaller events with you know, social distancing, et cetera, how has Baines and Baker uh, dealt with not being able to do those kinds of one-on-ones and uh, group settings anymore? Well, it's been tough. Like, I mean, during the pandemic, we actually, I, I mean, one of our peak seasons is probably sort of May to September wedding season. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the pandemic back in March, I, we kind of, we rewired again. It was, you know, suit sales, obviously. I mean, if you're at home and you're, you're working through Zoom, you're not really going to get dressed up in a suit head to toe. So, Right. We had an opportunity that I was reading everything online. I was on Twitter and it's like, look, there's a shortage of masks, shortage of masks. And I kind of put two and two together where it's like, we can actually do something where people will wear our masks 
which means that would free up the actual medical grade supply for the people that need it, the nurses, the doctors, the hospitals. Sure. So I reached out overseas and I, I kind of put a concept together here with our team in Vancouver and I said, can we make a mask? Um, and then so for every mask, we ended up donating, uh, I think over 10,000, uh, a medical grade mask. Wow. So that that was something that kind of was also another moment for me where it was, okay, people are wearing our logo that we created on their face. They're posting it. They're very proud to wear Baines and Baker. So that for me was also another transitional phase where it's like, okay, maybe we have a bigger brand here. Maybe it's not just open your jacket and see Baines and Baker on the inside. People are obviously very excited to wear, you know, a Baines and Baker logo outside. Right, right, right. So, yeah. Now, with people seeing the logo on the outside, did you have to finally explain what does Baines and Baker stand for? I get that all the time. Everybody's kind of like, how does it, how did you come up with the name? So, um, probably a late night, but I remember I, so my, my real estate company starts with a B. So I was kind of like, okay, I wanted to kind of, you know, I want my next company to, to start with a B. So my mom's last name is actually Baines, but it's spelled B A I N S mm-hmm. her, her maiden name. So I was kind of like, all right, so we'll spin off on that a little homage to my mom within the company. And then, uh, Baker, I mean, I wish there was a cooler story about it, but it just, it was kind of like, okay, we need another word to go with Baines. And I'm like, all right, Baines and Baker. Uh, it kind of flew. So we were like, I, I, it just worked. And then we put the logo together, the BXB, everything kind of, it looked clean aesthetically. Um, and we just ran with it. Sure. Uh, no other B words that started before Baker. Come on. I mean, if you have one, hey, maybe we'll, 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 re- we'll, start, we'll start another line. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, I love that story. Uh, you know, uh, kudos to your mom too. I'm sure she's proud. So Instagram being uh, the place where you get the most traction, um, obviously with social media, there's other opportunities out there, right? So maybe a, a second or third social media platform that you feel has gotten more run for you guys uh, since the pandemic. What would those two be? Uh, Facebook, Facebook. Well, I guess that's it's sort of integrated to our Instagram feed, but also Twitter. Twitter's been um, amazing, but Twitter for us is unreal because you, it, everything happens so much faster. Everything's within the millisecond on Twitter where it's like you'll get hit with 20, 40 messages all at once off of one post. It's very, it's different. It's like a fast forwarded social media platform where you've always kind of, you have to be on or you'll miss that moment if you're an hour late. Right, right, so right. So Twitter's been cool to kind of learn, yeah. That's cool. When people always talk about Twitter, fashion brands are like, it's just words. You can't really show case how everything look, looks for me, Brian, et cetera. What would you say to those young brands on how to use Twitter? Like we know it's a fast forward version of Instagram, but but what is uh, the nuance that you feel really works with Twitter? I think it's that you have that personal sort of um, relationship. You can build a relationship via messaging your customers directly. At, like Instagram, they'll drop a comment and say, you know, drop a couple emojis, but there's no real connection that you make within that specific comment. Mm-hmm. But on Twitter, you know, you post a picture and you'll have 20 or 30 replies in it. And, and the whole platform is different because there's a conversational element to it where they kind of, everybody expects you to, to reply or answer their question on the spot within that moment. So Instagram is great for the comments and then you, you know, it, but it's not as conversational. It's very statement. Um, Got you, know, it. You, you reply to a statement, you answer a question, but Twitter, Twitter gives you that engagement. Um, if you really use it to be focused in on your customers, you can, get real-time feedback within minutes. Man, I love that. I love that. So you got you got Instagram going. You got Twitter doing well. Facebook, obviously. Um, you're doing these pop-ups, uh, rewired, and you're doing masks, and that's really on point as well. 
Um, when, you, when you talk about kind of a, a go-to fashion or business resource that helps you really succeed, what would it be? We have the social media down, but, but what else uh, in your bag of tricks do you feel from a resource really brings in revenue or helps you to operate better? From a specific source other than those, I would say LinkedIn does a really good job just because you're, I mean, everybody sort of on LinkedIn is kind of the, the uptight version of their Instagram where they've got the <laughs> picture with the headshot with their suit on, their best outfit. So for that, just being in our sort of our sort of niche of suits, I think LinkedIn does a great job because you're, you're reaching out to people that, you know, are very specific to their demographic, their region, what they do. You already know their job. Um, so for example, if you see a financial, financial group on there, we kind of reach out to them and work with companies that way, but a lot of it's inbound just, we've grown so much, just word of mouth. So I'm excited for 2021 because this year with COVID we had to adapt where, okay, I can't, we can't, we don't have the access to measure our customers in our stores anymore. We adopted a platform where with three pictures, we get your whole body scanned. Love it. Um, so so now we're doing Zoom consultations. We've, we've got body measurements. We had to actually, same sort of thing. We had to, you know, work from the ground up to make sure they're accurate. The sizing comes back right. So we're super confident in that. And I think that's going to set us up for exponential growth because now we have access to, um, to actually providing custom suits to everybody in North America within, you know, three pictures we have their measurements. Yeah, that's excellent. Good for you. Good for you. So w- another great thing. So you've got IG going Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, but we also just heard word of mouth, right? Being really powerful for you. And we heard a lot of great stories. Uh, but when you knew you had to move from real estate to fashion, I'm sure you started hitting the books, right? So tell us two books that we all should read to succeed in your mind. The book that I've probably read 10 times in the last 10 years that I believe is so powerful is uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Um, he's got a really, so I actually got introduced to that book via his TED talk. It's, it's actually one of the most popular TED talks, but if you watch that and then read the book, it all kind of starts with, as opposed to thinking of a business uh, from the outside in it, you actually start from the inside out where it's like, okay, why are we starting this? What do we have and what do we want everyone to have? What's our actual why behind that? So that book's been amazing. Um, and like I said, I've read it probably 10 times in the last 10 years, Excellent. just to refresh on it. Excellent, I love that. And so I'll, I'll take the TED Talk and the book from Simon Sinek. What's another good book? Another good book. I, I ended up really liking Leaders Eat Last, also by Simon Sinek. He's probably <laughs> my favorite author. But okay. that one for me was another area where it's like, okay, I, I from real estate, I mean, you don't really have, you're not managing customers, a team. So for me, my next phase of growth for sure is becoming a better leader. Um, from a management standpoint, just because I don't, I, I, with real estate, it's very one-off. You're dealing with a lot of people that are in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so this leadership, kind of putting the company together and building an organization and building the culture within the organization, that book's been great. Um, just because it kind of, it, it, it gives you a different perspective on what sort of your team needs from you. Um, so yeah, Leaders Eat Last is really good as well. Oh, excellent, excellent. So um, you started, again, going back to kind of the serial entrepreneur kind of side of you, uh, back to college, I think you said. Uh, But if you had to go to a younger Ravi, a younger Ravi, and give him some advice to get to your current level of success faster, what would that advice be, Ravi? 
I would say go slower. I think I think one of the things that I look back on was I tried to take everything and do everything all at once. And I, I think you have to really, really be very, very committed to one thing at a time. And even within just this, like even this last year, it's been so hard for me just because I went, you know, absolutely crazy building my real estate business. And then the suit business grows and you can't do you can't do everything. So I think I think the main thing I would say is, you know, focus on it, focus on it really, really well. Give it everything you have. Um, but one of the things when I was younger, I was trying to do 10, 20 different things. You, you name it. If you gave me an opportunity, I was in it. <laughs> I would figure out how to weasel my way into it. Right, right. Uh, go slower, Ravi, and focus and give it your all. Okay, I can dig that. Um, man, uh, tell, us, tell us one more time, Ravi, why you feel our listeners should rewire. You have to. I mean, I think it's absolutely necessary because the biggest thing that you don't want is self, I, I don't know if regret's the right word, but you just to have that feeling of, oh, I should have done that. So if you ever have that moment where you kind of stop your rewire and say, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. And then you talk yourself out of it. I think, I think the main thing is, is because you don't know what's going to come out of rewiring. I mean, it's scary. It's, you, you don't, it, you're, you're essentially, you're, you're, you're pivoting. That's the way I look at it. Is, mm-hmm. Okay. So we're, we're, you're pivoting on the fly. There's so much uncertainty with it, but if you, if you don't do it, you have no idea what that opportunity could have been. So I think that's the main thing is you, you have to be open to like, I mean, Baines and Baker itself, like we started off only doing men's custom suits next year. We're making casual wear, we're making pajamas. So you, 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 you've always got to figure out how to pivot and when to pivot. I don't think there's ever a right time, but usually the market will tell you that. Oh man. Your business will kind of tell you that organically. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, I've got a brand uh, I'll connect you with. Uh, she's doing some amazing uh, luxury sleepwear. And so I might have a little leg up on that. And maybe there might be some uh, synergies for you guys. There you go. Exactly. The, it happens just like that. You put things out and you'll be surprised what comes back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you most excited about for 2021? You mentioned a few things, but I want people to, to end with remembering what you said you're excited about for 2021. 2021, I mean, I'm excited for... A, the world to come out of being on pause and kind of getting back to, I don't think we'll ever be back to where it was, but I'm excited for just on a, on a global level, just to, for the world to kind of move into the next step. From a business standpoint, I'm super excited to, to kind of hit the market with our, our measuring platform and, and become a global brand. That's our real goal. It's, it's going to take a time to do what we're, we understand that, but it's, it's, we finally have something now with this technology that allows us to grow exponentially in a shorter period of time. So we, we got to make sure we handle that opportunity correctly. That's excellent, man. What a great podcast today. Um, as always, we're going to, on fashion rewire, we're going to build a blueprint for you, Robbie, right? So our listeners, all I got to do is go to at fashion rewired, request the blueprint and we'll send it to you and them like a, a, a cliff notes of what we talked about today. And they can kind of follow your one, two, three step action plan, or just be inspired by what you've done, you know? Um, where can people find you online, Ravi? Uh, so my Instagram, it's, uh, it's my name, R-A-V-I-P-U-N-N. And then um, we've got the Baines & Baker Instagram, which is just the company name, Baines & Baker. And on LinkedIn, I'm there. So it's every, all my handles are my name, Ravi Pun. Excellent, excellent. And we can expect to have you back on Fashion Rewired in the future? If you want me, I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Hey, it was great having you on today, Ravi. Um, everybody, thanks for listening in today with Fashion Rewired. And we're out. Thank you for joining us for our weekly 30-minute podcast focused on the business of fashion. 
Fashion Rewired is all about the successful transformation of your mind, perspective, and daily approach to your fashion brand. Make sure you listen next week for the Fashion Rewired podcast with Brian Hill.